is called Won't You Be My Neighbor. This is a, a new series, and, and we're having some fun with the Mr. Rogers thing, but, but really what we want to talk about in this series is being a good neighbor, being Christ to our neighbors. So this last series, we did the big five. Um, we, we've talked about our vision, upward, outward, forward. So the big five was really an upward thing. That was about spiritual growth. That was about us becoming more like Jesus. This series is all about outward. This is about us taking our faith and living it outward to our neighbors. And, and so I am, I'm really excited, other than the fact of being really sweaty, I'm really excited um, to look into God's word because I think this is something, I'm just going to be honest with you, this is something that is so important for us in the church. We have to love our neighbors. In fact, the, the main text for this series is in Luke chapter 10. And um, th- this, the, the whole you know, section of this, uh, of this passage is the, the parable of the Good Samaritan. But today I just want to look at the first part of it. And so we're going to look at Luke chapter 10 verses 25 to 28. It says this. On one occasion an expert in the law stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he asked, What must I do to inherit eternal life? What is written in the law, he replied. How do you read it? He answered, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength, and with all your mind. And love your neighbor as yourself. You have answered correctly, Jesus said. Do this, and you will live. Now, this is kind of the The basic idea behind this series is this idea that our faith is all about loving God with everything we have, but loving our neighbor as well. And and I've preached about that passage before, but but one thing we see throughout Scripture, and we see right there when, when when this expert in the law goes to Jesus and says, what do I have to do to inherit eternal life? Jesus says, well, what what have you read? And he quotes this, the greatest commandment. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. See, in Scripture, this is really important. Loving God and loving others cannot be separated. You cannot claim to love God and at the same time not love your neighbor. It doesn't work that way. If you're going to love God with all your heart, it's going to bring you to love your neighbor. In fact, if you remember a couple weeks ago in our Big Five series, we talked about the fourth question was, do you love me? If you love me, then feed my sheep. Because our faith, see, we come together on Sunday morning, and hopefully we're growing in our faith, but our faith should always lead us to love our neighbors. And so, so in this series, I, I just want to take a look at and what that's all about. What does it really mean to love your neighbors? So in, in that passage, when, when Jesus says, love your neighbor, I, I've, I've you know, done some studying and stuff, and, and honestly, a lot of people have taken that passage, and there, there are a lot of churches that have done series similar to this, and they all say, well, that's talking about specifically your next door neighbor. I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think the word love, when, he, when Jesus says, love your neighbor, I don't believe that that's specifically talking about the people that live next door to you. However, I do believe it is talking about the people next door to you, but it's talking about everybody. See, the word that's used there is actually translated as those close by or those near. So when Jesus says, love your neighbor, love those around you. 
There is this call, and, and honestly, I think in the church, sometimes we get into this habit of thinking loving our neighbor is, is this big picture thing to love. One of the things I read that I thought was really good is that when we try to take that and broaden it out to mean love everyone, we forget to actually love anyone. And so, so this, this term might not actually specifically mean your next door neighbor, but I believe it does include your next door neighbor. So love your neighbor, love your neighbor. Um, oftentimes I think we struggle in the church, um, just like we do with a lot of things, in compartmentalizing our love. We like to love people when it's convenient to love people. Are, are, are you there with me? I, I, I like to love my neighbor when it's convenient. When I've got the time, when I've got, you know, it, you know, if I've got a little bit of extra money and somebody's in need, I love to help people. But, but I think sometimes we struggle to understand that loving our neighbor is not just about convenience or about a controlled thing, but, but it's about loving our neighbors all the time. In fact, I, I think about this. A lot of times I think we come to church and we get up in the meet and greet and we shake each other's hands or we see each other in the hallway and, oh, we give each other hugs. Oh, I love you and everything's great, right? We're loving our neighbor. We're hugging each other. This is, isn't it great to come to church on Sunday morning and get to see your best friends, your family? Okay, a few of you agree. That's All right, we'll work on that. But, but sometimes I think that, that we do that here and then we get out and we go and we get in our car and we start driving and somebody's going too slow, two miles an hour under the speed limit and we forget about that whole loving our neighbor thing. Or we go to the store and somebody's taking too long or doing something wrong and we forget about loving our neighbor or it's football season, I love football, and so I get in my car and I go home and I'm just trying to get there in time for all the football games and my neighbors are all around, but what do I do? I zip inside because I want to see football. Because see, I think we tend to love people when it's convenient. I'm not, I'm, not saying, I'm not saying all of you are terrible. I'm saying for myself, sometimes I love my neighbor when it's convenient for me and I fail to love my neighbor when it's not. And, and so let me ask you a question. I, I want you to think about this. You can talk about it with the person next to you if you want. Think about it. How have you loved your neighbors? When Jesus says, love God with all your heart and love your neighbor as yourself, how have you loved your neighbor? Go ahead, think about it for a minute. Talk about it, do whatever you want. Think about it. I want you to, I want you to struggle with this question. How have you loved your neighbor? <clears throat> All right, I'm going to jump back in here. My guess would be my guess would be that when you think about the ways that you've loved your neighbors, you think about specific instances where you've loved your neighbor. Maybe you think about a mission trip or a mission project that you did and you went and served. Maybe you think about a time that you were in a store and, and somebody didn't have enough money for their, 
their groceries or their gas or something and you helped them out and that was loving your neighbor. Maybe you just think about a time when you took some time and you listened to someone and you, you think about specific instances. Am I right that some of you thought about specific instances? When we think love your neighbor, when I think how have I loved my neighbor, I think, well, I've been on all these mission trips. I mean, we did the car wash here not too long ago. We went up and did um, tornado relief up in Dayton. And that one time that I, that I gave that person a ride, and we tend to think of specific instances. But, but today, I want to make the case that loving your neighbor is not about at times or specific times or picking and choosing times to love your neighbor. But when Jesus says, love your neighbor as yourself, what he's really talking about is a lifestyle of love. What I, what I want us to get to is not when we think about loving our neighbor, thinking about specific times that we loved our neighbor. I want us to get to the point where we think of our neighbors and we think about the love that we have for them. And we want to, to find more times. To, we want to be a blessing to the people around us. See, it's not about momentary things. It's about a lifestyle of love. See, loving thy neighbor, the, the commandment that love God, love your neighbor, that's not just about checking off a Christian box. Okay, today I'm going to go do one nice deed for someone and I love my neighbor, so now I'm going to be in the kingdom of God, right? That's not what this is about. It's a, loving your neighbor is about having a heart that desires to serve those around you. A heart that's about others. It's a heart thing. And so I think about, like, hopefully you can think of love for neighbors outside of programs and service opportunities. Hopefully, when you think about loving your neighbors, you don't just think about mission trips or car washes or things like that, but you think about the actual love that you have for your neighbors. And, and so, let's get back to what we talked about a little bit ago about picking and choosing when we love people. I, I want to make the point today that one of the greatest things that you, one of the greatest ways, one of the best opportunities you have to share your faith and to share Jesus with people is in your actual neighborhood. See, you may go to the store and someone may need their groceries paid for and you may do that and that's helpful. You may never see that person again. I, hold on, let's, I don't want you to stop doing that. I don't want you to stop helping people. But, but I think sometimes we're all about helping people here and here and here and here, and then we come back home and we forget that God calls us to love our neighbors, our actual neighbors, these people that we see every day, maybe every other day. You have neighbors all around you, and one of your greatest opportunities to share Christ is in your actual neighborhood. So that's what we're talking about today. See, I, I think if we could do this, this would be huge. Because sometimes the church operates like this. We all live, so picture Ohio, picture Cincinnati. This is a map, you're looking at it. We all live all over the place, right? And we all come to church, and we serve, and we love, love people, and we share Christ with people right here. But, 
that's not the model that God had in mind. See, God's model is that we come here, we worship, we grow, and then we all go out here all around where we live and we share Christ. And so it was never supposed to be this. It's supposed to be this, that we love our neighbors. One of the greatest ways you can do that is to love the people in your neighborhood. See, see, God's design for ministry is not centralized. It's mobile. God's church is supposed to be mobile. And just look around you. Look how many people are in here. Think about the neighborhoods that everybody in here lives in and think about the opportunity that the church that God has, that we have, to build the kingdom, not just in this building, but all over where you live. And so, so we're called to love our neighbors. Let me ask you a tough question. Is that happening for you? Are you loving the people that live right around you? And, and my goal is not to step on anyone's toes or hurt anyone this morning or make people feel bad about themselves. My goal is to help us understand that we have been given a gift by God of love and grace that we have been invited into God's kingdom, but that invitation comes with a job, and that's to love others. And so my prayer is that through this series, you can learn to be a better neighbor. This isn't just about inviting people to church. This isn't just about, you know, looking good. This is about being Jesus right where you live. And so is that happening for you? I'm going to be honest with you. This is a, a huge weakness of mine. I'm just being really transparent. Later, I'm going to show you my neighborhood, and I'm going to tell you about my relationship with my neighbors. But, but I'm just going to be honest with you. I, like I said, I like to go home and watch football. I don't like to sweat. I really like air conditioning. Air conditioning is nice. It's not quite working right now. So, so for me, this is a struggle. Most of you... You may think that I'm some super chatty guy that I really just love talking to people, but if I'm being honest with you, I always enjoyed just being by myself. When I was growing up, like, I would just sit in my room for hours and hours. My nature is not when I walk into a room or walk, get out of my car to just see someone and say, oh, I'm going to go talk to them. Oh, I just want to start a conversation here. That's not who I am. And so this is something that I'm really having to work on. I've always loved to give people rides. I've always loved to help people when they're in need. But, but there have been a lot of moments in my life where I chose my comfort over loving and serving my neighbors. And so, so this, this message is as much for me as anyone. And, and so, so I'm going to be honest with you. This is hard for me. And, and I think the reason this is hard is because for most of us, it's not natural for us to go outward, to, to love others more than we love ourselves, to go out and talk to other people. For most of us, our natural inclination is to take care of ourselves, to do what we want to do. That's one part of it. The other part of it is this. Our culture has changed. Listen, 40 years ago, people lived in neighborhoods. I don't know the exact time. 40-ish years ago, people lived in neighborhoods, and they knew their neighbors, because they spent their time with their neighbors. I remember growing up, I went out in my neighborhood every day and played with my friends because 
what else was I going to do? I could only play video games for a couple hours a day, and then my parents kicked me off. What else am I going to do? But see, now we have all these, these other things. We've got social media. So most of you probably have five, 600 friends on social media, right? Five, 600 friends on social media. Most of you have a car. And when you want to spend time with somebody, you drive over to their house. Most of you have garages. When you drive your car in, you close the garage door, you go in your house. Our culture has changed so much. It used to be that we lived in our neighborhoods and we knew our neighbors and we did life with our neighbors and now we've become mobilized to, to have our friends all over the world that, I mean, on Facebook, I don't even know if I really know half my friends. But it's become harder and harder for us to actually know and love our next door neighbors. And, and so how can we love our neighbors? If that's true, if it's not our nature, if, if society is changing, how can we, as followers of Christ, do what God wants us to do and love our neighbors? Let's look at Colossians chapter 4, verses 2 to 6. It says this, Devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful, and pray for us too that God may open a door for our message so that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ for which I am in chains. Pray that I may proclaim it clearly as I should. And then verse 5 says this, Be wise in the way you act towards outsiders. Make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversation be full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. So I want to start this series by calling you to love your actual neighbors, and I want us to look at this scripture because I think this gives us a template for how we can love our neighbors. There's four things here that I want us to see that I believe if we do these things, it will help us be Jesus in our neighborhoods. Even if it's not your nature, even if you're like me and you like air conditioning, let's look at these four things. The first thing it says in verse 2 Devote yourselves to prayer. Devote yourselves to prayer. See, see, the key to loving our neighbor is knowing God. The key to loving our neighbor is being transformed by God so that that nature of mine that wants to go sit and watch football, wants to be in the air conditioning, all of a sudden cares more about other people. I shouldn't preach about this on a Sunday where football's on. <laughs> I'm going to feel convicted later. But then... This starts with, with devote yourselves to prayer. Because as I said, this isn't natural, and so the way this happens is by God transforming our hearts and our minds and, and changing who we are and, and how we treat people. This is written by Paul, one of the greatest missionaries to ever walk the face of the earth. Paul, who wrote a bunch of our scripture. This is, this is super Christian Paul, right? And what does he tell us? Devote yourselves to prayer. Why does Paul tell us that? Paul tells us that not because Paul is perfect and Paul automatically loves everyone around him and Paul is some super Christian that just gets it unlike everyone else. Paul tells us this because Paul knows that the key to him being who God wants him to be is praying, devoting himself to knowing the Father and being transformed into the image of God. See, the key to this is transformation, and that happens as we devote ourselves to prayer. See, if Paul needed prayer, 
I guarantee you that I do. I guarantee you that you do. And, and like I said, Paul wasn't a super Christian. In fact, if, if you've read through that portion of Scripture that talks about his story, he actually had to have his name changed from Saul to Paul because Saul was a terrible guy that didn't love others and didn't care for others. But God transformed him into Paul. Think about that. Most of us, we get convicted and God just changes our ways, but, but Saul was so bad that he had to change his name too. And so, so it starts with devoting yourselves to prayer. Listen to what he says in Philippians chapter 3. I want to know Christ. Yes, to know the power of his resurrection and participation in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, and so somehow attaining to the resurrection from the dead. Not that I've already attained all this or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Paul, super Christian, says this is all about knowing God, knowing Christ. And so when we know Christ, we learn to be transformed to love others. Let me ask you a question. How many of you regularly pray that God will help you love others more? I, I don't do it all the time. You know when I do it? When I fail, most of the time, and, and sometimes more. But our prayer every day needs to be that God would transform us to have a heart and a mind that matches Jesus. So that when we see our neighbors, we don't think, oh, don't talk to me, don't look at me, don't wave at me, I just want to go in my house and watch football, don't. But we see them and we think, oh, there's my neighbor. How can I serve them? How can I love them? So the first thing, devote yourselves to prayer. This is so important. If you're not praying as a follower of Christ, you're doing it wrong. You are called to pray to know God. The second thing, it says pray that God will open doors. This is so counter who I am. Pray that God will open doors. I told you, I'm a, I'm a pretty like confined person. I like to go in my house. I like to go in and close the garage door. I don't like to strike up conversations. Paul is in chains, in prison, and he's saying pray for me that God will open up doors. For me to share Christ. <laughs> Man, I'm driving home on a Sunday afternoon after preaching to a bunch of people. I'm a pastor. And sometimes, I'm not looking for open doors. I'm looking for comfort. I'm looking for what I want. But Paul says, devote yourselves to prayer so that you're being transformed. And then pray that God will open up doors. This is a great prayer. Listen, if... If you've never prayed this prayer, you got to try it. God, open up doors for me to share your love, your grace, your hope with the people around me. Open up doors. We often want closed doors. In fact, if you go knock on people's doors, most people aren't going to open them. Most people don't want to be bothered. A lot of times when someone knocks on my door, I think, oh, no, who's selling me something? But this is a whole different mentality. Pray that God will open up doors, that, that we can serve, that we can love others. Man, driving home in my, in my air-conditioned car, about to go in my air-conditioned house and watch football on a nice TV, and I'm thinking about myself, and Paul is sitting in prison, 
in chains. There's so many things he could pray for here. He could pray for freedom. He could pray for a good meal. He could pray that God would take care of him through this. You know what he's praying for? Pray for open doors for me to share Christ. Man, if that isn't convicting to you, then you're probably doing a really great job. But pray for open doors. See, here's the thing. When we pray for open doors to love our neighbors, we are going to be more aware when those opportunities present themselves. If you're praying every day, God, open the door for me to love my neighbor, your focus is on loving your neighbor. And so when you have an opportunity, when you're driving and the person waves and you think, oh, no, don't talk to me, don't talk to me, you won't think that. You'll think, man, I've been praying for that. I've got an opportunity. Pray for open doors. As neighbors, we've got to pray. As Christians, we've got to pray for opportunities to share the gospel. The third thing it says, in verse 5, it says, Be wise in the way you act towards outsiders. Make the most of every opportunity. So look at the progression of this. Devote yourselves to prayer that you can be transformed, that God will change your heart to be like his, that you can be like Jesus. Pray for open doors that you will have opportunities to serve and love your neighbors and share Christ. And the third thing, make the most of every opportunity you have. Be wise in the way you act towards others. There's a progression here. Be wise in the way you act towards others. See, sometimes this is another thing I think we do as Christians. We have the inward life, the, the prayer life, like I'm praying that God will open doors. I'm praying that God will make me more like him. I'm praying that, that I'll be transformed. But we're not taking the opportunities to put our prayer into action. When, Lord, help me to, help me to minister to my neighbors. Oh, no, there's that neighbor. I don't want to see that neighbor. Or we see our neighbor struggling. Make the most of every opportunity be wise in the way you act towards others. See, see the, the Christian life is not in just a private thing. The Christian life is to be meant, lived out in love. And so our prayer for open doors has to lead to action to make the most of every opportunity. See, we are God's plan to reach the world around us. The church is God's plan to reach the world around us. And so we have to make the most of every opportunity we have. I've had a lot of opportunities to share Jesus. And I, I've failed more than a time or two. But I'm praying that, that God will help me to make the most of every opportunity. The fourth thing is this. Let your conversation always be full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. Listen, this is really important. The words you speak... The things you say, the way that you talk to others has a huge effect on your ability to minister, to share Christ. What you say, the words that you speak to others has a huge impact on your ability to share Jesus. Listen, I told you about my neighbors, um, my neighbor to the left of me, I'm going to talk more about it in here, here in just a second, but my neighbor to the left of me, I've really been working on this, make the most of every opportunity, pray that God will open doors, and so I, I saw him struggling with his push mower a couple times, and I thought, here I am on my nice riding mower, and so I, I said, hey man, you want to use this riding mower? Like, anytime you want it, because I want to build a relationship there. I want to take an opportunity, and so I gave my neighbor my garage code, 
How many of your neighbors have your garage codes? Okay, I, that may not be the smartest thing that I've ever done, but I'm gonna make the most of every opportunity. So I gotta tell you this fourth thing about your speech, this is, this is embarrassing, but about two weeks ago, so we got this little yappy dog. Anytime anyone comes anywhere near the house, the dog just starts barking uncontrollably. So one day I'm, I'm laying in, in bed trying to just get a little bit of rest because I hadn't been feeling good for a long time. So I'm laying in bed and all of a sudden Baxter starts going nuts, like barking like crazy. And I'm in the bed, Baxter, be quiet. Nothing. Going crazy. Dog's just barking like crazy. Baxter, stop it. Come on, be quiet. So finally I get up. I'm going to have to put a stop to this. So I get up and I march out and I'm in a really good mood. And I go on, Baxter, be quiet. And I yell at my dog. I say, there's nothing out there. See? And I open the door and there's my neighbor <laughs> sitting on my tractor that I invited him to use. And I said, oh, man, I'm so sorry that you had to hear me yelling at my dog like that. This dog will never stop barking. I'm so sorry. I'm not an angry person, <laughs> unless my dog's barking. But, <laughs> but, but your speech matters. What you say matters. See, see our conversations, we either build bridges or they're going to build barriers to our ability to love and share Christ with others. And so, so, number one, pray that God will transform you. Number two, pray that God will give you open doors to share Christ. Number three, make the most of every opportunity. And number four, be careful how you talk. Talk with grace and love so that you can build bridges to love others. That's the template. So we're going to bring up a, a map here, and I'm, I'm just going to tell you about my relationship with my neighbors because I want to be totally transparent with you. So go ahead and bring this up. Here's the earth. I live there. Go ahead, zoom in. All right, here we go. I didn't take this actual footage. There we go. Here's Ohio. Okay, so I, I live there. Now let's zoom on in. Here we go. We're going to my neighborhood. There we are. There's my neighborhood. So I want to tell you about my relationship with my neighbors. So that right there in red, that's my house. Okay, that's where I live. This is um, Strathaven Drive, with, which loops around. I've got the perfect neighborhood to know my neighbors and share Jesus because everybody lives in a circle. They can't get away. We all, look, we all share a backyard. And so there's my house. Now take the next one. My two next door neighbors are going to come up next. I told you about my neighbor on the left. I'm trying really hard. I'm taking every opportunity I can. I'm trying to get to know them better. That's a good thing. My neighbor to the right, you know how many times I've talked to that neighbor? I, by the way, I've lived there for 10 years. Maybe three. Maybe three times. And, and listen, guys, it's not that I don't like that person or don't want to talk to them. It's that they're never outside. And I like air conditioning. And so there's not a whole lot of opportunities. The, the way that I could talk to that neighbor... If I want to talk to that neighbor more than three times every 10 years, you know what I'm going to have to do? I'm going to have to create opportunities. And I need to do that better. I'm just being honest with you. Go ahead to the next one. The three houses across the street. Four houses, sorry. So, so house on the left. I, I know nothing about them. Never talked to them once. Couldn't tell you anything about them. House next to it. I tried shoveling their driveway once and they told me not to. I see them every day. But... Have no relationship with him, with them. The house next to that, I, I know them. He seems to know our names. 
And I'm going to be honest with you, I struggle because I don't have a good memory. Some of you know that. And I have not taken the opportunities to know that neighbor. The house next to that's a really nice young couple. They, they go to church. They just had a, a baby a couple months ago. And I, I've, I've taken some opportunities to talk with them. But, you know, I need to do better. Let's go on to the next one. I got three houses behind me. So the, the house with the pool. We should really know those neighbors, right? <laughs> In fact, we share a fence with them. But once again, I talk to them about once a year. I don't even think they know who I am. <laughs> Last time I talked to them, like, they introduced themselves, and I'm like, I've lived here 10 years. Like, but, but they're good people. They go to another church in the area, but, but honestly, I just haven't done a great job. Next to that house is, is one of my neighbors. He's a, it's an, an elderly couple, and, and his wife's health is not that great. I talked to him some when we were, we were doing some business in the neighborhood, but, but you know, I need to go check on them every once in a while. I need to know them better. And then the house next to that is another person that, that was involved in all that. And I see him on his mower, and occasionally I'll go over and say, hey, but I'm just being really real with you. Like, if you look at those houses around me, I'm not a great neighbor. I'm not. I want to be. I'm trying to be. But it's not natural to me. And I am convicted. I am 100% convicted that I need to know every one of those neighbors. And I need to take every opportunity. Not only do I need to take every opportunity, but I need to pray for opportunities to know them and share Jesus with them. So you know where I am. Now you can hold me accountable. Now let me ask you a question. Where are you? Where are you in this whole thing? So, so the template is easy. Devote yourself to prayer, that God would change your heart and your mind, that you would want to see others, to love others. The second thing, pray that God would open doors. The third thing, take every opportunity you get. Be careful in how you talk. Let your conversations be seasoned with salt so that you can be an effective minister. So let me ask you, how are you doing? Now, I was really transparent with you. Now you're going to be transparent with yourself. I want you to look in your worship folder. And there's a card in there. Take it out if you see it. There's a card in your worship folder. Hold it up, Jay. I don't have one. There it is right there. It looks like that. Everybody grab that right now. I need you to take that out. If I don't see you taking it out, I'm going to call you out by name. No, I'm just kidding. If you don't have one, raise your hand. We have some in the back. There's a few ushers. We'll, we'll get them here. I want everybody to do this. And this isn't about shaming you. This is about helping you. And so everybody, raise your hand if you don't have one. Take it out. Now, now I want you to, to look in the seat in front of you, and there's a pin. Everybody look in the seat in front of you. There's a pin. There's a couple over here, Ron, over on the side. Thank you. You need one? Okay, everyone grab, everyone grab a pin. Did you get one? I'm having a private conversation here. You're, yeah, that's great. I think we might need one over here, Rich. I think we might need one over here. Okay, so take that piece of paper, all right? Everyone got it? Are we good now? So now I want you to take this a step further than I did. So there are, there are houses all around you. Now listen, I showed you my neighborhood. Not every neighborhood looks like that. Not every neighborhood looks like, like what's on your paper, but your house is in the center there, okay? That's you. You can write me if you want to, or you can just leave it blank, whatever. You know, I told you, that's your house. Now I want you to think of your eight closest neighbors, the people that live next to you, the people that live across from you, the people that live behind you. And I want you to do this. I want you to write down their names. Go ahead. 
the eight closest neighbors, write down their names in the boxes around you. you can, it doesn't have to be perfect. Write their names. Go ahead. I'll give you a second. Okay, when you're done writing names, I know you're not done yet, but I'm going to keep talking here. When you're done writing the names, that's number one. Don't take the whole box. I should have told you that earlier. But the second thing I want you to do is I want you to write something about that neighbor that you wouldn't know just by driving by their house. Okay? It can't be something like they have a blue mailbox. That's, that's too easy. This has to be something that you would actually have to have a conversation with them to know. Write something about your eight closest neighbors. Something you know about your eight closest neighbors that you couldn't know by just driving by their house. The third thing I want you to write is this. If you really know your neighbors, (coughs) if you've really spent time with your neighbors, I want you to write something something much bigger than that, like dreams that they have, things that they're they're working on. I want you to write something that's more than just something you could get from a one-time conversation or a a couple conversations, something in-depth about those neighbors, okay? I want you to write that for each of those people. Let me ask you a question. How many of you are struggling a little bit? Okay, I'm telling you right now, you saw my neighborhood. I couldn't get all of their names. I'm I'm sorry to tell you. If you're struggling, I am too. Knowing something about them. Listen, that takes a couple conversations. That's not that hard. But then the third thing is really knowing someone and knowing what they're all about. Here's the thing. I believe that God changes lives through relationships. And so if we are going to be good neighbors and love our neighbor and share Christ, we have to know our neighbors. And so we're going to start this series with two simple things. I want you to take that card home. If you're not done, you can keep working on it. I want you to take that card home, and I want you to either put it on your refrigerator, on your counter, wherever it is that you will see it every day. And if you couldn't get the names of your eight closest neighbors, you've got a job to do. You need to learn their names. If you couldn't tell me anything other than the names of those neighbors, then you need to learn something about them. I want you to fill this in to where all eight of these people, you can fill all three things in. Because that means that you're knowing and loving your neighbors. And so take that home. Display it somewhere. And and I just want to make this challenge up front. We have such an opportunity to love the people all around us. And so I want you to take that physical tool and I want you over the next weeks, even months, to build relationships with your eight closest neighbors. I want you to be Jesus to them. And the last thing, I want you to bring up this this prayer. I want you to pray every day this week, God, please open doors for me to be Christ to my neighbors today. Will you do that for me? Will you take that card home? Will you put it up? Will you follow up with it? And will you become a better neighbor to the people around you? And will you pray this prayer every day? God, please open doors for me to be Christ to my neighbors today. Father, I thank you for this opportunity to come and serve you today. I thank you for this opportunity to worship you. And I thank you for each person that's 
that's come here today, they, they got in their car and they drove here, or they, they walked here, or what, what, however it is they got here, Lord, we came together as a family to worship you and to serve you, and, and Lord, your, your word is clear, that it's not just about loving you, but it's about loving others. And so, Father, I pray for the people sitting in this sanctuary. I pray for the people watching online. I pray for the people that are a part of this church. I pray, Lord, that you would help me be a better neighbor, that you would help me to love the people around me, the people I see every day. I pray that that you would change my heart to where I'm not selfish, but that I want to give to others. I pray that you would give me opportunities and open doors for me to get to know my neighbors and love my neighbors. I pray that you'd help me to have the, the strength and the courage to make the most of every opportunity. I pray that you'd help me to talk the right way, to live the right way, so that I can be your hope to the world around me. Father, be with each and every one of us. Help us to love our neighbors this week. In Jesus' name.